this girl who makes her dollars one at a time. She folds them lengthways under her panty line. She wears crushed purple velvet. She's swimming in my mind. She's doing what she wants to get herself by. 'Cause she's a soul agent for the USA. She'll be here tomorrow. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 616 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. So great to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. Do appreciate each and every one of you for sharing a part of your week with me. Got a great show lined up for you today, and I will tell you all about it, but first... Um, I had the chance to go to West Texas this past weekend and take a look at a potential turkey slash quail lease. Um, deer hunters already have the thing taken care of on that front, and they've got some nice bucks out there towards Mertzen, Texas. Sterling City, I guess uh, the closest town that's more than just a postage stamp. There's actually like a couple gas stations there uh, in Sterling City. And I filled up on the way back and I won't say whether or not I slapped one of those Biden I did that stickers on the pump after I paid $3.30 for a gallon of gas. But I will say that the guy at the pump next to me asked for one. (laughs) So you can connect the dots. I guess he wasn't too happy about being raked over the coals either. Uh, But anyway, the property, man, that part of Texas, lots of elevation change. I'm not going to call them mountains, but big hills, beautiful country, big deer. But the uh, the quail just did not cooperate. And I was fortunate enough to put a message on Facebook, and the guys that were possibly going to lease the place ended up all bailing on me uh, kind of at the last minute, except for one. He gave me a heads up. Everyone else was like, ah, I think I have something better to do or so I put a message out on Facebook and you know asked if anyone had any decent bird dogs that I had 3,000 acres to scour looking for quail. And a young man from Plum Creek Kennels in Fredericksburg, Texas, my new friend, John, brought five of the finest bird dogs I've ever uh, hunted over out there. And we, I mean, we gave that place a thorough once over. Uh, dogs were going down like... One of them got cut up pretty bad. He had to staple it up on the spot. Um, We bumped one covey of quail. So not worth it for the quail. Still a beautiful turkey property. And like I said, tons of big deer. But uh, that's not what I was looking at it for. But as John and I were sitting back at camp after a hard day of hunting, you know, we both had the same mindset. Hey, it was awesome seeing the dogs do what they love to do, even though the birds didn't cooperate. Um, and I, I called the game warden. He said 2012, 2013 was the last time he saw a lot of birds out there. Uh, his card happened to be pinned to the, the camp house, so I just gave him a ring. Nice dude. But uh, John and I were sitting there having a cold beer, and we both had the same exact thought. that, Yeah, the, the hunting sucked, but that sure was a great day. And that's no lie. Even the worst hunting days are still some of the best days that you can have. And it sure as hell beats being cooped up in an office or on the couch. Um, 
I look forward to the next time we get to run those dogs together. Uh, French Britneys, that's what they specialize in over there at uh, Plum Creek Kennels. Awesome bird dogs. Uh, what are we doing today? Let me tell you. You know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of that Black Rifle coffee out of Granddaddy's beat-up old Stanley Thermos, the one he passed down years ago, because we're ready to rock and roll. And off the top, we'll check in with Idaho native Wyatt Stocks, who recently had one of the most insane days of predator hunting that I've ever, I've ever heard of. Like, probably the best day of predator hunting imaginable. So, uh, cats and dogs coming at you here with Wyatt. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, and then we will spend some time visiting with our friend Robbie Kroger of Blood Origins, one of the most important outlets that we have as far as portraying hunting in a positive and, and virtuous light. Blood Origins focuses on conservation, and uh, they put out some great content. I'm a huge fan of their videos. They've got a great podcast and then some uh, some shorts as well that they put out on social media. Uh, but I think that when it comes to bridging the gap from the non-hunter to the, the passionate hunter and conservationist, uh, Blood Origins effort is paramount. Uh, we have to have them, and I want you to be aware of them and, and support them in whatever capacity that is, whether that's following their work or uh, financially giving them whatever it is so that they can continue to help promote this way of life that uh, you and I cherish so much. So that's what we are doing today. Looking forward to having uh, Wyatt and Robbie join us here on today's presentation. Let's do a quick giveaway. How about a Vortex Optics cap and t-shirt, our longtime optic sponsor? Uh, just shoot me over an email with the word Vortex. That's Vortex to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and we'll get you entered into today's giveaway. Coming up next, we'll head to Idaho to check in with predator hunter Wyatt Stocks. It's one that you're not going to want to miss right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Okay, we'll hear for Big and J Whitetail Attractants. Few things are more enjoyable than to watch the kids put out the Big and J BB squared and then start beating dad up to look at his cell phone. Why? Because they want to see what bucks are coming to eat the Big and J. You can find their entire lineup of Whitetail Attractants at BigandJ.com. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also, dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving, and they'll custom laser-cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic-caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision machining and hand-built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit TacticalSkeleton.com today. There's something nostalgic about the old-timey general store, and that's exactly what you're going to find in downtown Goldwave, Texas, at the Mills County General Store. They're licensed FFL with rifle, pistols, and shotguns, ammo, gun accessories, hunting accessories, deer, corn, and attractants, sporting goods. They've got a wide array of knives to choose from, plus 
insulated apparel for both work and camo for hunting season, fishing supplies. They've got foods like Anchor Tea, grass-fed beef, Dublin sodas, gourmet sauces, and a whole lot more. Also, Ace Hardware. From wall to wall, they have it all. Check it out. The Mills County General Store right there in Goldweight, Texas. And we clean our guns while we turn our cheeks. We're like angels and demons and dogs in heat. So baby, raise your glass, but don't cut your teeth. Just show your sweet tooth grin to everyone you meet. Tell me what's this world that we're clinging to. What's this world? One of my favorites from the Band of Heathens bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Presented by Mossberg Firearms, Cable Smith, riding shotgun with you as always. Thank you for dropping by today as we're about to head up to uh, Idaho and get the details on what I honestly believe is the the best slash most ridiculous day of predator hunting that I've ever heard of. And, uh, you know, when you see a story like this one, it's like, oh my gosh, I got I to gotta see how this thing all played out. So uh, I invited Wyatt Stocks to, uh, to jump on, and we'll get into that momentarily. But first, this segment is proudly brought to you by Vortex Optics and Vortex Wear. I've been telling you guys, whether you are headed to the ranch to fill feeders, you're on the boat catching crappie this spring, or you're headed to the bar, Vortex has everything under the sun. It's a great apparel lineup, but it's so much more than just the caps and t-shirts that you've come to love from Vortex. Flannel shirts, khaki pants, uh, fishing, like Sun Slayer hoodies, long sleeves to keep those UV rays off of you, socks, rain jacket, you name it. They've got it all. And you'll save 20% with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at VortexOptics.com. Um, all right, let's bring him on right now. Joining us uh, from somewhere out west in the great state of Idaho, it is my pleasure to welcome Wyatt Stocks to the show. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. So where are you joining us from? Uh, Cascade, Idaho. Okay, I see some nice uh, mule deer racks back there in the background. Yeah, just a few on those ones. Yeah. On a side note, did you see where uh, Utah just passed a law saying that shed hunters have to take a class on ethics of shed hunting? Yeah, I read that this morning, and I, uh, I'll kind of keep my opinions on the silent, but it's kind of bogus. Uh, I mean, I, I do, my... I do respect the. I mean give the animals time yeah i mean me and my buddy we are diehard shed hunters i mean i care probably more about shed hunting than i do hunting itself really Uh, but we have the respect for the animal wait for them to drop and get going but it comes to a point where it's no different than a pack of wolves going in and actually pressuring them my thoughts on shed hunting are uh see the shed pick it up if you want to or for me, I just kick it out of the way and keep walking. Right. Uh, unlike you, I'm only interested in the, the antlers if they're on a living animal's head and it can go on my wall and in my freezer. Right. But, but I don't live out west where I have 
uh, trailheads, you know, out, out of my back door, essentially where I can do that in Texas. If I had my own ranch and I was like looking for one specific buck that I was hunting like season after season, I think I'd be more interested in that. But as a casual leaseholder, like I don't really give a crap about what's out yeah. there. I just don't I understand. Want to, I don't want to run over it and then pop my tire. So that's why I just kick it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, now, what I do want to ask you though is, so do you sell the sheds or do you just have a big pile in your garage? So I got a huge pile uh, here, just kind of dispersed throughout this living room and my bedroom. Uh-huh. I sell a lot of them. Uh, okay. The ones that are older or small, I'll sell those. And okay. keep that I get. Like if you're making money off of it, hundred percent, but I, there's so many guys that just have a big pile in their garage and I'm like, that's cool. What are you going right. to do with them? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm just going to yeah. have them in the garage. Yeah. I know a lot of guys who keep them as a, as a bank account savings. Yeah. Just in case that's... something goes south, you can, you got two grand worth of antlers. Nice. I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, so what do you do for a living? I'm actually a deputy for our Valley County Sheriff's office. Okay. So I work, uh, work for them. Cool. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, you guys have had a rough couple of years in the, in the, uh, media and yeah, uh, I'm new into it. So I'm kind of, I'm, uh, I guess everybody told me I was trying to be a hero or something and I'm just like, no, nope, just doing a job. Well, this show backs the blue hundred percent. So we appreciate that. Um, so what is your favorite thing to hunt mule deer? Uh, actually I'm a whitetail fanatic. Really? Yep. I, uh, my mule deer I shot this year is my first ever mule deer buck. Okay. And, uh, so these are, got, that one behind you is a deadhead or is that the one you shot? So the one I shot is actually at the tax service right now. It's, uh, it's got a double drop tine and kickers out each side. Mm. This one, my dad actually, uh, found on a job site. Uh-huh. Uh, while he was working and this one my brother found when he was i think like 16 and so and then that's that a white tail right there so this one's actually a mule deer uh it's a debate between a mule deer cross um it ah, just has okay. a it just it has a, like a white tail rack yeah it definitely has that that frame for it yeah Interesting. Um, but yeah i've grown up chasing white tail around on our valley floor uh-huh. And I've been just chasing that big one and I've come close, but just never been able to connect with it. And so I've just been, a, have been chasing that. And then I, my second year of backcountry mule deer hunting, I connect with a trophy buck. So it's like, yeah. all right, now I got to. I saw that. I saw that buck on your Instagram. Very nice mule deer. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've shot a couple mule deer. I did a, a DIY New Mexico hunt in 2016 i think it was and i shot a three by four it wasn't a big deer but it was a mature deer um and then i shot another i shot a little one in west texas and next year i'm going to uh sonora mexico they've got some some giant ones down there yeah and um i'm gonna try to try to get a big one so best of luck on that yeah uh what about elk hunting so i'm big into elk hunting not as big as i'd like to be uh I'm not too deep into archery yet. I've done archery, connected with bulls. Um, but I love the rifle hunt and getting after it. This uh-huh. year, I drew an elk tag, came close to a a solid bull, but just had to have some cows in the way. But yeah. I'm more of deer is my thing. Me, me and my buddy, we just kind of connect better with them. 
yeah. uh, mule deer and whitetail. So it's, that's our go get them. So this is interesting to me because I, you know, all I know about you is based off of what I've seen on your Instagram. And I would have thought you were elk and mule deer, you know, right. um, but to hear that Idaho has some passionate, I mean, because whitetail's king in Texas, right? right. Mean, that's what we live and breathe. So uh, very cool to find out there are some, some diehard whitetail hunters. And, and I guess you guys have in the lower uh, altitudes, some nice whitetail deer. Yeah, and we actually, so our mountain whitetail are actually where you find our big guys. Mm. So like up north, uh, I don't know if you know Coeur d'Alene, kind of closer mm. to the border. Up there in that panhandle, there's some, there's some brutes. And even in Cascade in this area, we got some, we got some slobs that yeah. are hidden, but you can find them. I've, I've only been to Idaho once. I went to Boise one time. Uh, cool city, okay. but yeah, that's the, that's the extent of my uh, Idaho experience um so i want to talk about why we're here today um do you do a lot of predator hunting uh, i do my best to get after especially this past two years um i picked up into the mule deer shed hunting mm-hmm. and i'll say like i'm big into whitetail hunting but when it comes to sheds it's mule deer um mm-hmm. and elk that's kind of just the difference between it um We've ran into pack of wolves every year since we've been back there. Uh, been close calls several times, or a lot of times we don't have our rifles with us. And uh-huh. so this year I bought a setup, lightweight, and it does not leave. Uh, I do not leave without it. And this year it's paid off finally. What caliber and why? So is I actually use the AR-15. It's the 223 and 556 round. Uh-huh. And I actually punched us a 55 grain in it. Okay. And uh, so far it's done the job. Um, I so, knew you were going to say 6.5 Creedmoor, so I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> no. You know, you don't uh, fit the bill of the typical Western hunter in my mind. I, you know, I'm like 6.5 Creedmoor, Shed Hunter, you know. No, no, no. 2.2.3. We shoot a lot of those in Texas. Yeah. Um, I mean, people say talk crap on the 6.5, but my buddy – he shoots six five and he's killed more bigger bucks than most people have. Oh, using there's that. nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with a six five. It's it's more of just a joke, you know. Like I, yeah, I oh yeah, one, I, I haven't a, seen them all day. Yeah, I'm right. not six guy. Okay, yeah. So well, there's a classic uh, caliber for sure. So f- was the day February second that uh, you had this amazing experience? Um, no, it was actually I believe I want to say the twenty eighth. Okay. Uh, let me just go back real quick. No, it was the January 30th. January 30th. You were yep. out um, specifically. I was actually shed hunting. You were, okay. Yeah, so I was shed hunting. Uh, I picked up a shed on the 15th of January mm-hmm. of a buck I picked up last year, and we've been watching all winter and cannot find his other side. So I went up, actually found his other side. So that was like the cherry to the top day. You get more money for matching pair, I'm assuming. Uh, I I don't sell those ones. Like <laughs> okay. those, those ones, and uh, you get you uh, sell them by the pound. Okay. And uh, so I we had one other buck. He's probably like a one high eighty buck. Yeah. So I went to go find him and actually found him still holding. And as I'm sitting there watching, because my day of shed hunting is kind of over at that point, uh, just to not bump him, uh, I heard the wolf howling. And so I went after that. And so you hear him howling. What, what did you do after that? 
Oh, I locked and loaded. Me and the dog, we, uh, I put the sticks on the pack, grabbed the rifle off of it, and uh, hightailed over to the closest ridge uh, I thought I could be uh, with it, and then started howling back and forth to it and see if I could see it. Our coyotes, and, and I have shot a wolf in British Columbia, but that was really a trap line trip. Right. Uh, which was awesome. I mean, we got all kinds of different species, lynx, wol- uh, wolverine, coyotes, wolves, martins, fishers. Um, but I never heard the wolves howl. I, I saw them um, when we were out running the trap lines. Do they howl in the middle of the day or is it kind of just like a coyote, like early morning and, and dusk? Uh, it was probably, I want to say 2 o'clock when it started howling, 2.30. Okay. So, I mean, they'll howl any time of the whenever. day whenever they feel like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't, I mean, our coyotes, certainly, I don't hear coyotes going off midday. Um, that's why. I yeah. Asking. Like where we're at, you'll hear the coyotes. If you can get them going, it's, mm-hmm. they'll kind of respond back to you. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, you just don't really hear them until morning and evenings. And yeah. Well, I know things are fixing to get real good, uh, but we do need to take a quick break. So we'll do that. Come back and hear all about how this <laughs> crazy day and the great outdoors played out, taking two of uh, North America's apex predators in a matter of minutes. Um, that segment brought to you by Stealth Cam and the Fusion Wireless Cell Camera. You can find it as well as Stealth Cam's entire lineup at stealthcam.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Things are fixing to get real good in the honky tonks. You know I am understood. Been to the school of hard knocks and hard wood hand. Things are fixing to get real good. Hey guys, Cable here. And last year was a wild year for censorship. It's only continuing in 2022 uh, for us hunters and anglers. So I've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women, by hunters and anglers just like you. It's a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Imagine that. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so many more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you get 10 bucks to the store just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started, and I'll see you over there. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisespecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. Took my first breath where the muddy rises spills into the Gulf of Mexico. The skyline's colored by chemical plants that put bread on the table of the world. Where the working man does his best to provide safety and shelter for kids and a wife. Giving a little of a soul every day, making overtime to keep 
the wolves away. A little Uncle Lucius, keep the wolves away, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you for being here. As we are still visiting with Idaho outdoorsman, hunter, shed hunter, uh, Wyatt Stocks. But before we continue that conversation, this segment is brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. There are so many great conservation groups out there, but I guarantee you not one of them is doing as much as SCI is to protect your rights as a sportsman or woman. They put their money where their mouth is day after day, week after week, year after year. That's why I'm so proud to be a member myself. I encourage you to join our ranks, and you can do that by heading over to safariclub.org. All right, well, picking it back up here with Wyatt Stocks. Uh, when we left off, man, you had just heard a wolf start firing off, and you instinctively started howling back from the next ridge over. So you then cut the distance, and what happened when you crested that ridge? I mean, was he standing right there looking at you, or uh, how did that play out? No, so he was in the very bottom. I like Wolves are kind of, you cannot locate them off their howl. Like, yeah. you can get a rough idea where they're at, but their howls bounce so much that it'll sound like they're right there, but they'll actually be two ridges over. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily for this one, he was in the bottom and like howling straight up to me. Couldn't see him at all. And I howled probably back and forth for an hour. And it is getting, at this point, it's getting dark pretty early. And I still had a, a good hike out. Um, so I actually stood up to bail and I just see a figure down in the bottom about 500 yards. And it was that mountain lion just in the oh. opening right next to where this wolf was howling. And I could tell it was looking. And so I actually set up for a shot. Um, but by the time I got my scope up, it was just gone. Yeah. Uh, and I've shot a wolf already. So, and I already know I'm going to, I'll be shooting more just because how often we run into them. Yeah. So I, I bailed down for the cat, see if we could cut it off. And I have a border collie. So when you're going through deeper snow, he, he struggles pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to bail. We were like, oh, he's going to, we're no way we're catching up to a mountain lion. Right. And uh, so I actually got back to where I was howling from. And I look over and I pick up my pack and I look over and that wolf is just laying down on the ridge. I was about to crest over. Uh, so, I mean, at that point, I would have been about 50 yards from him if I did crest over that. Um, so I set up. and He, didn't, he, he hasn't seen you yet? I, you know, I don't know how he did it, yeah. honestly. I don't know if he saw me and was just caring more about my dog because um, we've had him follow me out with my dog. Yeah. Uh, people say you, you put scent on the ground, they're not going to come near you. You can shoot as many times, they're not going to get It's false. You can shoot, you can do whatever, they just don't care about you. Uh, yeah. They're not scared. Yeah. Um, so we... I, I'm pretty sure he was just watching my dog because I'm like laying down at this point, my dog skylined and he's laying straight to me and I just couldn't get a shot. And I like, I'm kind of no way I'm letting this thing go. And so I slipped a shot by its ear and to hit the shoulder. And I thought I hit him way back. I thought I misjudged the distance because the way he reacted afterward, he was biting his, 
ass end and he ran over the hill and so i went after him we both did he and i mean i'm cresting over hills like i'm in the swat like i'm ready for right. <laughs> any little thing rifle up um and i get to the where the cat was and i'm kind of thinking well this is where that mountain lion was and i just my stomach was just telling me to look up in the tree i was standing under i just see this figure around the tree branch and i mean i picked my dog up by his scruff and threw him between my legs and just fell straight onto my back and shot it out of the tree but yeah that feeling of having a cat just staring straight through your soul oh, yeah. i mean i, I look have, at my uh, i've had that feel i've shot a mountain lion in colorado of course with with hounds she'd killed two foals on a private ranch and the ranch was okay. like you can hunt here but whatever you tree you have to take okay i've told the story on the air before but uh yeah it's uh, uh cats looking right at you is mm. and then when you shoot them mine didn't die immediately i mean it, it was a fatal shot but it jumps out of the the tree and and you have all the dogs there and oh, it can be rowdy yeah so. and that's what like my concern was i mean i had my dog i he's probably like what the heck is going on why am i being squeezed so hard yeah. And all of a sudden sees this cat that is twice the size just land 10 feet from us. And yeah. at that point, I was ready for whatever. I mean, I had, I'm glad I had 25 rounds in my <laughs> gun at that point because yeah. if it came towards me, I wouldn't Unloading. be sending it, wouldn't be sending it to a taxidermist. Right. Um, so you, one shot and it just died? So it fell out of the tree and actually got up. And like you were saying, uh, it's a fatal shot, but they just yeah. go. Yep. And it ran normal. And I'm like, did I miss this thing from 15 feet, 20 feet? Right. And then all of a sudden it just slides, gets back up, and then launches off these rocks down to the creek. I mean, it probably fell for a good 30 feet and finally landed. Uh, that was the scariest part is walking down to it, not knowing if it's dead. And it's, you're just in a super steep spot. Yeah. Uh, so I got to it, and its eyes were just wide open looking at me. And this thing dead. So I poke its eye. I'm like, yeah, it's dead. But I just sat down, pointed the gun at it again. And I said, I'm going to give it five more minutes. <laughs> I didn't want to pick that thing up for a picture and yeah. all of a sudden get mauled. Not wouldn't be the best day at that yeah. point. Um, but at that point, I still haven't found the wolf. Uh, so I was kind of, I was sick to my stomach when I couldn't find it just because, you know, wolves do so much damage, but. I respect them uh, mm -hmm. tremendously. I mean, they're just doing what they they know. Oh, yeah. So I mean, yeah. you I'm get all those for wolf management. Uh, yeah, scientific based wolf management. I don't know if you saw Wisconsin just um, yeah lost their wolf season this week uh, because of some California circuit judge <laughs> overrule yeah. or, or overruling what? How can a judge in California tell? was the wisconsin dnr what to do on on wolves like it's just mind-blowing it's because it's, it's california this system is so broken i know but what why does california have any say in it yeah uh, they shouldn't mind-blowing but um yeah I, I like you're saying wolves are awesome right and they're just yeah, doing they're, what they're designed to do but their number they've got to be controlled just like anything yep. else just like anything yeah. else i mean i just saw a video about a grizzly bear taking a calf from a moose and it's mm -hmm. like those need to be managed as well just because yeah. of the population yeah but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like those people. I have a lot of guys just say, shoot them in the gut and let them let them kill each other. And it's like at that point, 
that doesn't make me any better than what the wolves are doing. Yeah. There's... So, uh, we're human. I mean, yeah. my thing is just I try to be the best uh, moral you can for all animals because that's what wolf, brings you the luck each wolf time. pelts are cool. Why would you not? Why would you want to not recover it? Like, oh, exactly. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, it's an awesome trophy. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, and it's freaking hard to get them. Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, yeah. it is not easy. Yeah. But so yeah, you, so you've got the mountain lion at this point, and I'm sure that you're. I mean, daylight's got to be starting to fade. Yeah, it was at that. So when I shot, it was three thirty. When I shot the mountain line, it was three forty-five, and so it was a fifteen-minute difference. And uh, so I actually, I didn't have my, I had like a small knife on me, like nothing that could do any skinning. Uh, I had no headlamp, and so I tried actually putting the cat on my pack, and it wasn't happening. It was just too steep, too awkward. Uh, to get it out of there. Um, so I just, I bit the bullet and I stashed it. And that was the hardest thing for me to do just because I was so scared it wasn't going to be there when I got back. Oh, well, yeah, those wolves find it. It's gone. Yep. And that was the hardest part uh, to do, but it was the safest thing for me at that point. Uh, so I actually started walking and I walked about 50 yards and found where my wolf went by and slid down to the bottom of the creek mm-hmm. and so i'm like shoot like we got it we got it made now i'm not have to worry it's, about it's bleeding pretty good uh so i paralyzed it so what happened is i had a perfect shot placement where i i mean i put it where i put it but the way he was laying it actually missed all vitals and just ran up his spine uh-huh. and lodged in his spine towards the back end that's why he was biting back there uh-huh um, so he actually wasn't hardly bleeding at all. Okay. And so I walked down to it and I still see it blinking. So I put the misery shot out of it. Um, walked down there. I tagged it and kind of like soaked it in like, holy crap. Like, is this, is this real? Um, then I bailed out and I mean, every hunter goes through that emotional, like, holy crap, like, this is real life, this is fake. Like, when yeah. I shot my deer, I didn't even know what to think. I mean, I've never even seen a picture of something like that. Uh, what did the deer score? Uh, 187 and some change. 187? Mm-hmm. Wow. What yeah, we this? thought he was going to be bigger, but, uh, yeah, he only came out 187. Only uh, came out 187. No. Yeah, only. Cool. I mean, Poor poor you why i mean <laughs> i know it <laughs> um uh, but yeah what a surreal experience you just killed two of i think the two coolest predators that we have oh yeah certainly in the, in the lower four in the lower 48 like yeah grizzlies but you can't hunt them in the lower 48 so what's left well yeah. black bear but black bear honestly are way easier to kill than a wolf or a mountain lion yeah i mean i've i've completed the tri- apex trifecta as of that day um yeah but it was it was yeah unreal i mean i actually started like we were walking out and i just started tearing up just through excitement <laughs> like it was oh, it's so cool it's like if you ever play sports it's like if you're just won the state championship i mean mm-hmm. you just or the super bowl like those guys the other night they those guys go after that ring and us hunters go after this yeah um, 
but I actually called my buddy. He was actually in the area. I was, and I drove up behind him and I'm flashing my lights at him, uh, trying to get him to stop. And I get out and I'm just fist pumping to him. And we kind of soak it in. I just had to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, first thing in the morning, he comes. We pick him. I pick him up. and So you stashed we, the wolf too? Yep. Yeah, okay. I couldn't carry nothing out. Uh, yeah. I mean, both weighed about 120-ish, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, we got in there first thing in the, the morning, went up there. And luckily, they actually weren't frozen. And we were able to skin them out on the mountain. Nice. Uh, so that was great. I mean, we, we started hiking at 8, 9 in the morning, and we didn't get back to my vehicle until 7, pitch black at that point. Yeah. And, uh, so it was a full day. Uh, now, I know you didn't eat any of the wolf. Uh, oh, I assume you didn't. But did you bring back any of the cat? So I wanted to. Um, but after it sitting for the night, yeah, and then also like we didn't have a whole lot of time to really – break it down mm-hmm. i decided this won't be my last cat so i'll i'll wait and i just said no nah, i'm good for this 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 hunt yeah. I, I ate mine and it was people say it's kind of like pork it was maybe a little bit chewier more like right. wild pork than a domesticated hog um but the flavor profile was was very good yeah i've um, heard it's yeah my one buddy he said uh, it's like the best pork you ever ever have and mm-hmm. I, I will say much like unlike you when i shot that cat i was like uh i'm good i don't think i'll ever kill another mountain lion right that was five years ago and like last month i caught myself looking up mountain lion hunts <laughs> i was like yeah i'm getting the hankering to go but you did it in such a unique unique way like i don't know what percentage of, of mountain lions that are harvested are by chance like that but yeah i would guess less than five percent i mean it's they don't you generally don't see a mountain lion unless they want to be seen you know it's like yeah very rare um but yeah i've i've got the hankering to go Uh, i told the taxidermist because just to put that on the back burner a while ago it's like i think i want to get a bigger one yeah so i want to do it again but if you haven't done it with with hounds that that'd be a cool way to do it too so i've i've been hound hunting a couple times this winter Mm -hmm. um we have a guy in town we're friends with and he'll take me, but this winter has been so dry yeah. that you don't, we don't run into very many tracks just cause there's no fresh snow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't even ran dogs yet, even though I've gone, I just never yeah. had the opportunity to run them. And the week and prior I shot this one, I made the joke to him that I'm going to be shooting a cat just from hiking and spotting stock before <laughs> I shoot one on dogs. And the following week I, it happens and, uh, probably in the, I don't know. I've been, I've been looking up stories of people have killed a wolf and a mountain lion, uh, in the same day, in the same 20 minutes, uh, time frame. And I just can't find anything. Um, of course you can't. I, yeah. I go to my Instagram and I can, yeah. uh, but I've heard guys shooting wolves and a mountain lion in five minutes, but that's because they're using hounds and the wolves will come in and want to play with the hounds yeah by play rip them to pieces yeah sadly yeah huh oh well hell of a hell of a feat man um killing a wolf in the backcountry is hard enough 
to to add a mountain lion into the equation. Yeah, it's one of the coolest uh, experiences that I, I've heard of. Uh, so I, I certainly appreciate you coming on and, and sharing that uh, that day in the Idaho backcountry with us because that is one you don't forget. No, then I definitely won't. Yeah, that's and for so sure. Are you doing? I'm, I'm assuming the cat is being uh, life sized. Yeah, I'm going to full body that cat. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me to full body the wolf just because of how it went down. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm 21. Like, I still have to buy a house and whatnot. Right. I can't be, I mean, you'll shoot more wolves. Yeah, I'll, I'll shoot more wolves. I definitely will. Um, so I'll probably just get it tubed uh, or tanned. I'm stuck yeah. tubed, but hanging on the um, wall. It'll be cool. Think, yeah. So. Yeah. We'll get that done, uh, but yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be cool once we have it back. I, I'm like looking, I'm like, which wall am I gonna strip expensive, out of all these other expensive animals? year for you with the trophy mule deer and the, the mountain lion. Yeah, uh, the taxidermist. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just it's just pocket change to some people, but yeah. it's yeah. not for me. Nope. Well, man, Wyatt, uh, if you want to plug your instagram page if people want to follow along and, and see what you're up to shed hunting chasing big whitetail yeah um, we got some we got some big things coming uh coming for this spring uh big plants we've already got some big things found uh so we're looking forward to posting those in the future it'll be a little bit before we're we slip them out there but yeah. uh, definitely stay tuned on some big big things and what is your page uh stocks outdoors for on instagram okay cool well y'all check it out Wyatt, thanks for your time man uh enjoy i appreciate it so there he goes wyatt stocks what a hell of a day in the backcountry i tell you what that is freaking awesome um that segment of the show brought to you by mossberg and the patriot rifle lineup whether you're shooting a uh 223 like wyatt or a 375 ruger like I took on a Cape Buffalo hunt, they've got everything in between those two calibers. Literally, you can hunt just about anything in the world with the Patriot series. Walnut stock, laminate stock, synthetic stock, they've got it all. Uh, and every one of them now comes with a threaded barrel. So check it out. It's the Mossberg Patriot. You can find it at mossberg.com. Coming up next, our old friend Robbie Kroger of Blood Origins makes his return on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. All the people she has done and undone have been my name and great. She doesn't Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, a full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However... There's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Standing on Main 
straight across the Mr. Blues In my faded leather jacket My weather broken shoes A chill on the wind was blowing But the spring was coming on As I wondered to myself Just how long I've been gone So I strolled across on Main Street The great Robert Earl King Feeling good again I'm feeling pretty good again myself, having somehow defeated Big Tech for now, uh, gotten my Instagram page back up and running. Nothing that I did. Uh, it's good to have friends in high places, and thank you to each company, each organization that reached out to uh, Facebook on my behalf. Of course, they own Instagram, so uh, it was impossible for me to actually get a real live living and breathing human to respond to my uh, emails and appeals through their app. But some of these companies literally spend millions of dollars with uh, Facebook and money talks. So they know who they are. Uh, I appreciate it immensely. And I know uh, there was a lot of work that that was done on my behalf. And all I can say is uh, I'm indebted to them. So plus... Let's be honest, they believe in what I stand for. And for someone in that demographic to be canceled without provocation, without justified provocation, uh, is, isn't is something they want to see. It's It sets a terrible precedent. So anyway, I appreciate them, and I appreciate you for being here. Uh, we are about to check in with our next guest, our friend Robbie Kroger of Blood Origins. But before we do that, this segment of the presentation brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. If you haven't seen the Big Chingone or its little cousin, the Little Chingone, what are you waiting for? There's no better way to introduce a kiddo into big game hunting than by sitting in a nice and comfortable blind. Kids don't want to be miserable. I'll tell you that right now. They will enjoy the experience immensely more if they are high, dry, cozy, and warm. And I'm not going to lie, kids are not quiet creatures by nature, so keeping them enclosed in a carpeted blind eight feet off the ground, yeah, that has its perks too. So check it out. You can find the Big Chingone at allseasonsfeeders.com. Let's bring him on right now. We taped this at the SCI show in Las Vegas. And uh, I thought I lost this audio when we had that ice storm a couple weeks ago. We lost power just briefly, um, but we did lose it. I was able to recover it, though. So uh, let's go ahead and roll it right now. Uh, Great conversation with our friend Robbie Kroger of Blood Origins. Man, I don't know when the last time we visited was, but it's been a couple years for sure. I remember, gosh, probably three years ago, right? Yeah. I was sitting in a parking lot in like, I think the University of Arkansas. Really? Doing the podcast with you, yeah. Yeah. It was a long time ago, and we were we were nobodies, man. Yeah. Then. We're still nobodies today. But, well, uh, for sure. I mean, if you look at Instagram, they certainly don't think that we're anybody. <laughs> they uh, they have the fake Lone Star Door Show page that comes up before my page these days. Really? Yeah. I've reported them. They don't care. Yeah, That's amazing. Like, yeah. That oh. algorithm is, is something else, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So, what have you been up to, man? And... You've, it, it seems like, you know, follow uh, blood, blood Origins, and it seems like you've been so busy. I mean, you still have a full-time job. I do. And so I do. I know Blood Origins is your passion. Yeah. Hopefully someday we can get you to quit your real job and do One that day. full-time. The hunting community needs it. Um, but 
were you able to get out and, and do some hunting this fall? I mean, it just seems no. like you've just been so busy. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, I fight for hunting every single freaking day, and I don't get to hunt anymore. <laughs> um, honestly, I hunted three days in total in 2021. Oh, my gosh. Three days. Did you have a son? I have two sons. How old are they? Ten and eight. They're going to kill you. Yeah. They are absolutely like, Dad, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I really, it, it, it's all about balance. Uh-huh. You have, you, we all have balance issues. Um, and so it's just a matter of figuring out what we need to do, when we need to do it. Make sure I take the boys. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's the, the, the three days of hunting. The last, the last full day of hunting I did was when we were filming this new um, high fence documentary in West Texas. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a full day, and, and the documentary is called Out of Africa. And it's about these species that are living in Texas now that are flourishing because of high fences. Uh-huh. And this perception of what a quote-unquote high fence is and the hunting behind it. And um, the, the property owner, it's an 8,000-acre high fence, and the property owner is like, look, I need to take two culled scimitar horned oryx off this property today to give to a food bank and to give to a conservation dinner. I'll be your food bank. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, no problems. Obviously, we'd love to have kept some of the meat, but um, we hunted from 8.30 in the morning to 5.15 at night, and we hunted like it was Africa. It mm. smelled like Africa. The temperature was like Africa. It was 34 degrees in the morning, 80 degrees in the middle of the day. Spot and stalk, 12 spot and stalks. All of them were too big or too young. And then by 5.15, 12 stalk of the day, finally got on them. And it was perfect. It was like what my soul needed. It was like soul quenching <clears throat> for what we do every day, man. Mm-hmm. So. so that's interesting to have a documentary or, or, or a feature titled Out of Africa. Right. But to be from Texas. Um, I have hunted with our mutual friend, Carl. Yep. Uh, John, John X. X Safaris five times. And their home base is a 30,000 acre high fence. Africa's a lot different. Um, it's not really so much to keep the animals in over it's there. It's keeping people out. Yeah, exactly. You don't ever see the fence except for when you're driving in. Mm-hmm. And, and you could argue the same thing in Texas. Right, right. And it's to keep the, in, the, in this situation, it's to keep the animals in, yeah. mature the animals, mm-hmm. grow them, and actually see more of them, right? Yeah. So you're going to have the same situation in Texas. You're going to have a feeder. You're going to have a high, you're going to have a blind. You're going to hunt it the same way. The only thing is that you're going to see more animals. You're going to see more mature animals. Right. And the argument is, well, it's not fair chase because they can't get away. 30,000 acres Carl has. You're going to tell me that or, that's not a or, fair chase or thing? 8,000 in Texas. Oh, eight th- I mean, where, where's the cutoff point? I where mean, is it? I don't know. But I've hunted 500-acre high fences and got my ass kicked. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, the animals aren't... Whether they're in a fence or not, they're not stupid. They don't want to get shot. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 learn human behavior. They sure. try to avoid it. Um, but it, in South Africa's defense, though, I think I've shot like twenty something animals over there, and I think uh, about seventy five percent of them were free range. Yeah, because they have a bunch of territories of and um, co ops and stuff. Landowners working together, like sheep. A lot of sheep farmers, mm-hmm. goat farmers, mm-hmm. uh, will will all roll, enroll their properties together and then. They'll manage as one quota on like 50,000 acres or something. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, in Texas, it's more certainly to keep the animals in. <laughs> what, I got to ask you this. Mm. There's longtime industry leaders, 
let's just say Boone and Crockett. Mm-hmm. Um, now, BHA is not a longtime industry leader, and I'm not even going to pretend that I'm a big fan of theirs. Okay. When you have organizations of influence that want to vilify high fence hunting, I think, I think that's a little misguided. Yeah, maybe it's not for them, but to take an active approach, a stance against it, mm-hmm. I think we need all the hunters we can get. Like so high fence, low fence, no fence, who really gives a shit? So this is how I would couch it. Maybe not as, as strong of opinion as yours. <laughs> Number one, Boone and Crockett, let's just use Boone and Crockett as an example. Boone and Crockett is built on a score. Mm-hmm. It's built on a measurement. And they have to have certain parameters and envelopes around that measurement. Sure. They just happen to have high fence as one of those envelopes. Okay? Second point is that that was built on a perception of essentially put and take. Mm-hmm. It was built on a 250 high fence, 250 acre high fence, 100 acre high fence. Place the animal, you can pick it, and you can shoot it. Mm-hmm. And with that kind of uh, scenario, you would obviously inflate the number that they are looking to understand. And at the end of the day, the number is a, is a reflection of the maturity of an animal in a, <clears throat> in a certain ecosystem. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the school. Thirdly, I think, tied to that second point, I think that there are places that do would fit the B and C fair chase ethic and ethos that are behind a high fence. But they had to make a decision. It right. wasn't, you couldn't have this grayness that was like to you. They had what, to draw a line in the sand. What's the number? <clears throat> you could argue the number to your blue in the face, 250, 280, 2,800. So they just said, we can't do that. Right. It's, it's not included. And that's where they're at. So I wouldn't give B, I wouldn't put Boone and Crockett as, I, wouldn't, I would hope that they're not vilifying high fence in terms of their rhetoric. But I understand why they are against high fence tied to the score, mm-hmm. which is essentially who they are. And, and I would say I have no problem with that. But I think some of their messaging has been more on the eh, maybe knocking high fence as opposed to... Recent messaging? From what I, my, my perception is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I don't know. I feel like... Well, I think I've had a lot of people, whenever we post about high fence, I'll immediately get two or three DMs saying, does Blood Origin support high fence? Because if you do, we're pulling our support you. from you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay. We just, how about we just support hunting? How about we, let's just talk through this idea yeah. of high fence. Yeah. And we go through the whole argument, right? And, right? and what I'm doing is I'm, all I'm doing is I'm peeling the onion layers on their idea of why they believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if someone wants to hunt that way, and that's all, they, that's all they can afford to do, or they want to afford to do it, or they have very limited time to go hunt, and they're just going to slip out for the day because that's all they can get, why would we be against it? The only reason we would be against it is if that individual then decided to go on social media and make an ass of himself or herself and portray hunting in a bad light tied to high fence hunting. Mm-hmm. That's when we would have an issue. Because that individual shooting holes in the boat yeah. that we're trying to row upstream. Yeah. Well, and I, don't, I mean, I don't want to knock B and C too hard. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, against oh, yeah, B and yeah. C. I'm just like... Um, and, and there are cases where... Shoot, dude. That film Trophy, 
right. uh, where the guy shoots the crocodiles, and uh, certainly a put and take. It's like a pond the size yeah, of that was not that was good image. Terrible, and good I really image. liked that film. Yeah, except for that scene, and then the guy shoots these crocodiles, and he's smoking a cigarette and drinking a beer like he's the second coming of. Yeah, and it was Fred an, Bear, an amazing, and I'm just like, amazing hunt, and it oh was really God. you just climbed out the truck, climbed over the hill, and shot it. Oh, it's terrible, yeah. terrible. I, I really had a problem with that. Um, well, like you said, and and I think and you made a good point. There are a lot of guys, especially people that are tied to their job, can't get out. Mm-hmm. You hunted three days last year. Three days. There's there's guys that like maybe I get one weekend. I'm a slave to my job. I make a lot of money. Yep. But I'm a slave to my job. Yep. I want to go, and I want to yeah. shoot a 200-inch whitetail. Exactly. Okay, well, I don't have the time. Or I want to shoot, <clears throat> talking about out of Africa, I want to shoot a 60-inch you know, kudu. Right. Or 55-inch kudu. I cannot go to South Africa. I, I can't do 10 days in South Africa. Mm-hmm. There's a place in Texas that I can do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I have no problem with that uh, whatsoever. And I th- going back to, hey, the more, the merrier. As long as you're doing it ethically and not making all of us look bad in the process. Um, so, I look for, is, that, is that film? No, it'll come out in the middle of in this summer. Okay. We're building content up to it right now. We debuted it at West Texas SCI. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, let's knock out a quick break here. We'll come back. And, uh, it seems like a new predator has, has really taken over as far as the one that the anti-hunters are latching onto across the West Uh, We'll discuss that next. That segment brought to you by NUMA Outdoors. Geared for the wild, I just wrapped up my first full season wearing nothing but NUMA. And from African safari to New Mexico archery elk to all the the Texas whitetail hunting and uh, upland, soon to be turkey, of course, uh, waterfowl. (laughs) They've got it all, man. And I encourage you to check it out. Just, Just go look. Give it a look. It's Texas owned and operated. It's NUMA Outdoors, and you'll save 20% with that discount code, Lone Star 20 at checkout. Up next, we continue the conversation with Blood Origins on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors. Hey guys, Cable here, and if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions, I'm talking about, you know, ARs, modern sporting rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA, God bless America, and they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty. They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a hunter green enforcer kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will, too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. If you're looking to remodel your home, add a deck or arbor to the back patio, redo your fence, or build your dream home from the ground up, 
look no further than ECR Construction Group. My longtime bow hunting buddy, Josh Brown, is someone you can trust to deliver honest work on time. ECR Construction Group also serves the North Texas area, specializing in roofing, barn dominium builds, painting, and carpentry. So for your next project, call the folks I trust. That's ECR Construction Group at 214-400-1444 or ecrcg.com. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatofDallas.com today. I'm gonna pay my dues, make up no excuse like I did before. Make it right with the Lord. I told the sheriff so black crow I ain't a joke no more. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Little Brent Cobb there for you. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we're still visiting with Blood Origins' Robbie Kroger. And we'll get back into that conversation momentarily. But first, let me tell you about what I'm sipping on. It's Black Rifle Coffee's Five Alarm Roast. Here's the cool thing. You know, every summer, wildfires ravage the American West. Well, Black Rifle, in an effort to support those courageous firefighters who are out there trying to protect that habitat those wild places. Well, Black Rifle is giving back. They're donating a percentage of every bag sold back to the uh, the folks who are there on the front lines fighting those wildfires head on. So cool stuff there. Plus, you'll get 20% off your entire Black Rifle order with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at blackriflecoffee.com. And with that being said, let's pick it back up with Robbie Kroger of Blood Origins. How many films are you guys putting out annually? We're probably putting out, I would call like a story, like an individual story, what Uh we were known for, what we've grown. We we put one out a month. Uh And then we've got documentaries, probably, I would say, three documentaries dropping this year. Mm. We're currently filming a lion houndsman documentary in the West on uh, the sort of through line is of the life of a dog. So the beginning of the film, dogs are going to be born. At the end of the film, a dog's going to die. Yeah. And it's all focused on the hound and how the hound really loves this thing that is lion hunting. Yeah. And that's what they were born to do. Oh, yeah. And the people almost are just the intersections on this line. We have really badass lion houndsmen, three males, one that is like third generation tied in. And then we have two females that are just incredible lion hounds. And one woman that you've never heard of. Huh. She, she, as a day job, she... She puts and takes out cattle fencing on the BLM. Really? That's what her day job is. Huh. And then she lion hunts when it's time. Ah, this is exciting. I actually, yesterday, so we're here at uh, SCI's 50th anniversary convention, and yesterday I had a guy from um, Vancouver Island, British Columbia. He's yeah. a houndsman. Yeah. What's uh, his name? His name is Glenn Wallum. Lost his arm. Yeah. Yeah. You know Glenn? I do. Yeah. So I've been, I've, I've supposed to have gone uh, black bear hunting with him the last two years, but because of covid and vaccination right, right, status right. it's just it ain't happening yeah, for yeah. me until things change sure but he's been doing he's been running hounds for 30 years yeah. and 
yeah. he kind of talked about his uh, evolution is not an indiscriminate killer. Sure. But when you start out as a 20-year-old, you know, your perception and your goals and mm -hmm. your, your, your conservation sure. vision changes. Um, and so we kind of walked through that and, and talked about his, his idea of, of a pack of hounds way different from the guy right. that I hunted right. with in Colorado. Because yeah. Glenn has, like, proper ladies. Like, they don't fight. They're not going to be... No, this guy that I hunted with in Colorado, this, the, the, the uncut males, you turn your back, they're trying to kill each other. <laughs> like, there's a hierarchy, there's a pack. Right, right, right. But Glenn's not breeding hounds. Right. So he doesn't have to have intact sure, males. Sure. And so there's, they don't have the, <laughs> there's no reason to have those skirmishes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Glenn, but, um, <clears throat> I actually had dinner with him two nights ago. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. I was awesome. sitting next to him. Yeah. And I showed him some of our lion hounds from documentary footage. And he said, um, he told me about him chasing cats. And I said, well, how many cats have you chased? You know, a couple of years, he said, 38. Yeah. And I said, how many have you killed? Two. Right, two. Yeah. I said, Glenn, how many have you killed? Zero. Yeah. Yeah. He said he's killed four in his life over 30 years. That's yeah. it? Well, I would say if you ask most lion houndsmen, that's probably on the upper average yeah. of what they've killed. And I, and I didn't ask him this. I wish I would have. I bet you those four that he's killed were a long time ago. 100% mm -hmm. when he was probably getting started. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then if you look at his Instagram now, all the, the cat pictures, it's mostly just catch and release. Just yep. this is what I love to do. The yep. dogs love to do it. Yep. And this well, is, it's know. just, again, you know, we started this podcast about perceptions. There's a perception that they run, cat, they run dogs, they, tr they catch and tree cats, and they kill every single cat that they, mm -hmm. that they catch. Why? That's not sustainable. <laughs> it's not. Well, you've got to turn it into a business. It's an economic asset. Mm -hmm. They want the economic asset to grow. Mm -hmm. And so like Arizona, the hunt guidelines currently in Arizona are up for review. Predator hunting, bobcats, bears, and mountain lions are on the docket. Mountain lions specifically are being targeted. And I don't know if you saw this today. I saw you did an interview with uh, someone from Arizona. Amber Munich. Yeah. She's the big game program supervisor. So she is in charge of everything. Uh -huh. And I said, look, there's a lot of people talking about a lot of stuff. What's the real deal here? And she went through it. it one step, one step, one step, one step. And she cleared up all the confusion about it. And from a predator perspective, specifically mountain lions, what they're doing is they're moving away from a 25% based female quota, which is of mature females that are over three years of age, to a... 40%, if I remember correctly, yes, 40% female quota of total females, not mature females over three years old. And the reason they're making that change is this. Is for order, in order to understand whether or not you hit the 25%, you have to know how old the cat was. And the only way you, need, only way you can find out how old the cat was is to send off the teeth right. for cementum aging. That means you won't be able to get your aging results back before the next regulations are set for the next season. Which from a, from a hunting perspective, you don't want to happen because that's a hole. It's a gaping hole for someone to poke going. You're just, you just set season quota without even knowing what you shot last year. Yeah. So they've plugged that hole. And they said, all right, we're just going to do total females now. So we'll know as soon as the season ends how many females were shot in a certain GMU. Mm -hmm. And they'll adjust it on an annual basis. A brilliant, brilliant wildlife management regulation that hardly anyone in the hunting community understands. Or is talking about. Or is talking about. And the reason they weren't is that when the hunt guidelines get brought open every five years, 
there's nothing controversial from a hunting perspective, hunters aren't going to say anything. Mm -hmm. However, we know right now, the Humane Society has shifted their focus, this is what I want to tell you about, Humane Society has shifted their focus away from wolves, wolves, is, wolves are dead. Like it is, they've got all the money they can out of wolves, they cannot get, it's, it's a lost, the, the battle is done. Mountain lions are next. Go on Humane Society's web page today. What is the opening image of the web page? Is a picture of a mountain lion. It's not a picture of a wolf anymore. Arizona, Colorado. Yeah. It's coming. It's Colorado coming. really seems dead set on turning themselves into California 2.0. <laughs> like, hey, California. How, well, it's the big how, centers, right? It's, yeah. the big, it's the big urban centers that are driving things. But I mean, that's like their goal is like, look at a failed wildlife management model in California. Let's do that as quickly as we can. That's what we want. Right. We want, because uh, the, there's a, is it up, is it, and you'll know more about it. I mean, I've seen it and posted multiple times. Sportsman's Alliance is a, a great organization. They're all over that. SCI is the same thing. Um, Hey, look at this cute puppy. Mm -hmm. We got uh, Saskatchewan waterfowl hunting, and we got a black lab over here that comes drop coming a, to say hi. Drop a dump, probably. <laughs> but uh, but so Colorado, yeah. I don't know if it's open for public comment or if it's a bill that has been no, introduced. No, it's not open for public comment. So right now, it, well, FB, they already screwed up with wolves because oh, let's let the whole state decide. A popular vote. Let's reintroduce wolves. It, bar it barely passed, by the way. Ballot initiative yeah. by one percent. Yeah, yeah. So right now, so let's just talk about Colorado. Yes, SB two two zero three one is in subcommittee right now. It hasn't reached the Senate floor. Uh, a couple of things have happened already. One of the co-sponsors has pulled out already. Wonderful. Um, and then there was another representative that sent an email to someone saying, "I'm totally against this. I'm going to be fighting. I'm gathering the troops internally." that we're going to fight this. Okay. So, and, and, and to Colorado's um, sort of advantage, I don't think I've ever seen a response like what we saw around this SB22-031. Yeah. Then 20, in 48 hours, everyone was talking about it. Yeah. Everyone was talking about it, which is what we need. It, it, was, it was lions, bobcats, and bears were on this. Uh, That's right. Yeah. That's right. And lynx. lynx. You can't even hunt lynx anyway. So, yeah. Um, so that's that. The other petition that's happening right now that is going to fly under the radar for a little bit, and we don't know if they'll get the signatures, is IP13. IP13 in Oregon is Initiative Petition 13, and it's probably the strongest anti-consumptive use of all resources that the U.S. has ever seen. Mm. It pretty much puts everything tied to any animal activity, agriculture, fisheries, dog handling, mm. all of that gets placed in an abuse category in this law. That you would be, you know, misdemeanors, fines, <laughs> jail time for, um, like, artificial insemination is, is, would then be considered sexual abuse of animals. They need a certain le le level of signatures for it to get onto a ballot initiative like happened in Colorado. I think it's like a hundred and... 10,000 or 115,000, and they have to have it by July 8th, I believe. Mm. Don't quote me on that date, but it's around there. They have to have that number of signatures from Oregonians. Oh, well, just walk into downtown Portland. Hey, sign this, please. They're trying. <laughs> They're trying, and they've got a bunch of money behind them, but we have not heard very much uh, from them lately. Mm. I, there's so much to unpack there, but one thing that sticks out 
that I think most people wouldn't associate it with is like, well, that'd be the end of bloodlines. Like, why would you need a lion hound if you if it's illegal to go right. lion hunting? Okay, right. by walkers, uh, yeah. train walkers, like like Glenn has or sure. whatever. Like, oh, yeah. you think of talk about just like ending a species. Like, well, who's gonna have a lion hound if you can't go lion hunting? Yeah, there'd be no point. Right, it's no insanity. Points. Yeah. Um, so that's what's going on in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Going back to Colorado, though. Yeah. The precedent, and it's like the the blueprint. And I'm glad you said there are people that are saying we're opposed to this, mm-hmm. uh, politicians. But California outlawed cougar hunting. I think in like '94, it was the mid '90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They outlawed uh, black bear hunting and bobcat hunting with hounds. I think I was like three or four years into doing this, so that would have been in like 2011 mm-hmm. or 12. Mm-hmm. And then two years ago. No bobcats. Mm-hmm. Completely off the table. Correct. You cannot kill a bobcat yep. in California. So what's left is black bear. Right. Last year, we squashed black bear pretty good. Yeah. And then this year, it's back. It's, it's, it's cougars and bears, man. I'm telling it you. It is. Well, the thing is, that's, that's, it's predators, right? Yeah. It's the warm and cuddlies that elicit emotion, that have cubs, that have kittens. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that is just, it elicits the emotional response from someone who doesn't know the facts. How many headlines do you see where they claim that hunters are killing cubs and kittens? Because I see all it all the, all the time. All the time. And the maybe there's is. language in there that allows that, but by and large, no, there's not it, language. Well, in that Alaska, it. what they do is so like uh, Inuit Indians in Alaska okay. can kill a, a wolf, a cub, yeah, or a bear, whatever cub. they want. They can't. Yeah. That is not what you and I yeah. can legally do. Look, but the headline says yeah. hunters. Kill cubs in dens. Arizona hunt guidelines, look at them right now, today. They specifically, for black bears, like no females with cubs. Uh-huh. Or, and, or, and That's then, standard. If you're going to get a black bear license, and you're going to have to go on the internet, regardless of state, yep. you're going to have to take a class. It's yep. like driver's education or whatever, but for black bear, mm-hmm. it's black bear hunting for dummies or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to take the class. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and I've, I've hunted them in three or four states. Not once as it says kill a female. Mm-hmm. It says here's what a female looks like. Don't kill that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, and don't kill one with cubs. Yeah. And if a cub is without a female, don't kill the cub. Mm-hmm. It is nonsensical because the data shows that it doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't know if you know Dan Staten. He's uh, yeah. elk shape. Yeah. Yeah. So he's from Washington. And I had him on. We, we, were, in a, we were hunting a high fence, bow hunting a high fence in Texas in October. And we started talking about... It was the first time we ever met. And then I had him on the podcast right when this whole, mm-hmm. when they voted to cancel the season, mm-hmm. the spring season. And we were talking about the, the bear density. He's like, we have way too many black bears. Yeah. He's like, and it's the same thing. Like, why do you see, uh, in California, why do you see mountain lions eating people's pets? And I love it. And I was telling that to Glenn. I said, it's kind of sadistic, but I like seeing well, it. Well, yesterday like seeing in the news. How are you going to change it if Fido's not getting Yesterday in the news, uh, second dog taken by a black bear in New Jersey. Good. <laughs> they got rid of black bears last year. Yeah. Black bear hunting last year. Washington State, going back to the bear situation and killing cubs and sows, right? There's only been one record of a lactating female taken in the spring black bear season. Mm. One. one. Yeah. Out of several hundred. Yeah, well, emotions, again. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, as we're wrapping things up here, you did a pretty cool feature with... John X Safaris. Absolutely. This Everyone one deserves is, to play. Uh, 
it kind of hits home for me because I've been to that school. You've been on the soccer field? I have. I've played soccer with those That's kids. awesome. And that... Um, I'm jealous because I haven't got to do it yet. My mom is a dentist and she has, as, as a young, I think I was in seventh grade when I went on my first mission trip to the Dominican Republic. And, and there it was baseball. Like, she's okay. doing dental work. I'm playing baseball with the kids. Right, right, right. Then when I'm 18, 19, 20 years old, I think three years in a row, I went to Brazil to the Amazon rainforest. Soccer. Soccer, dude. And you're running around in literally these, these villages in the middle of the most remote regions of the world. Every village has a soccer field. Yeah. They don't have a lawnmower. You're right. They let cows just, just yeah, run yeah. around cow shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's their lawnmower. Yeah. But they all have a soccer field. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to do that, and, and I think the last time I went to Brazil, I was 20 years old. And to go back and kind of relive that experience in Africa, in a different continent, but to see the way that, that those, what soccer means to those kids right. and the, the way that John X Safaris through Hunter Dollars was able to build a soccer field. And not just that. The soccer field is just gravy. They put in a well. Stadium, I, seating, they, they little locker room. Everything for these yeah. kids. Yeah. And it's all through Hunter Dollars. Sustainable use hunting. 100%. That was one of the coolest things I've ever done. And the video was amazing. Uh, I, think we've, I think I've got 404,000 views or something like that on Facebook on the, view, on the video. Yeah. Um, it's just an exceptionally heartwarming story about this tiny little community that's super rural. And we called it Everyone Deserves to Play because like, you can give them food, you can give them everything, but you can't give them a sense of like, hope and laughter and joy. And that's what the game of soccer does. Uh-huh. And these kids like, would you know, destroy their shoes because they were playing soccer in a freaking rock-strewn part of the school. And now it's a flat pitch, no rocks. Mm-hmm. And the kids, like one of the grandmothers we interviewed, said, like, my kids want to go to school now. They really want to go to school. <laughs> they like recess. They're ready to go. <laughs> you know? yeah. And the, the principal was like, man, our attendance has shot up. Our kids are coming to school and they want to be here. Yeah. And that's only because of hunters. And those are the kinds of stories you need to tell. And that's the kind of storytelling Blood Origins does. Yeah. We're not interested in the hunt, not interested in the kill, because we're creating content for the people that are in the middle, the non-hunters that don't understand what hunting does. Yeah. yeah. Well, we took, I don't know uh, what percentage of the buffalo that I shot, but like three or four coolers worth of meat mm-hmm. and just gave it to the school. And it's like... I mean, I guess they have a, a freezer there and sure, everything sure, else. Sure. But the kids sang and danced. The teachers were clapping mm-hmm. in appreciation. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like a freaking party mm-hmm. that they had this protein mm-hmm. that they knew was going to, I don't know how many weeks of, of school lunches it would provide for them, but mm-hmm. significant. Yeah. That was cool. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, those are the kinds of things we love to do. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So where can folks find Blood Origins? Just Blood Origins everywhere, man. Just type it into Google and you'll find us and Instagram. We don't do much on Twitter, but Facebook and yeah, Blood Origins. YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. We've got a small YouTube. It's, it's, it's growing, but it's not where we focus things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that it's not three more years before we sit down and do this no, again. No, we need to do it again. We need to have you on ours. We, yeah, we do a roundup every week, yeah. and we have Cody on. We talk about articles that hit during the week. We should have you on. Just let me know, man. We'll do it. But I, I want to um, emphasize how much I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you. There's, I, there's no one else Nobody. that is doing it and telling it from the standpoint that you guys are approaching mm-hmm. it. Um, it's awesome stuff. I'm a big fan. Thank I appreciate you, it, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs>
So there you have it, the latest from our buddy Robbie Kroger over at Blood Origins. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of theirs. Um, the perspective that they portray. The, to give the non-hunting public an idea of who we are and what we stand for, what we're all about, uh, they're doing a great job. Check them out. Uh, that segment brought to you by the good folks over at John X Safaris. I'm headed back to Africa July 25th through August 2nd. Much more affordable than people realize. You could have a hell of a safari for under $10,000, um, and that includes airfare. So if that's something you're interested in, I mean, Kudu, Warthog, Gimsbuck, Impala, the list goes on. You could take an animal a day for under that price range. People don't understand that. Um, but anyway, shoot me an email, Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. This will be my sixth trip with John X Safaris, and I can't wait. Go back every year. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to Robbie, as well as our other guest, Wyatt Stocks. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Cause the walls been broken, the chains ain't broken.